dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source. I can't believe we're here for a Brownlow show. Uh, and Source, neither could you. No, and you were a little bit worried there, Pez. Uh, <laughs> we were talking in the pre-show. Happy that we finally made it after four years of talking about a Brownlow show, Pez. Finally, we are having one. Remotely, we are having one. And it's super exciting because, Pez, we are in, we're in profit. The same place we've been in every single year when we've gone into the, the Brownlow round. But we can actually talk about it on our show. <laughs> yeah, being in profit and then usually put our bets out on uh, our social media platforms up behind the bound on Twitter source and uh, usually have a, a pretty good night and a little bit of a cleanup. Uh, now, the Brownlow is, you know, a really fun uh, fun thing to bet on and to, to follow along with your mates and, and do all those sorts of things. So uh, it'll be fun tonight, but it'll be over uh, different forms and not in person. Yeah, it's a little bit different, Pez. I mean, if we go back through all the times and we were reflecting before about all the times that we've actually sat and watched the Brownlow together, uh, there's been some different, definitely some different uh, venues, some different atmospheres, uh, some different levels of people around us who have been drinking. And as well as that, Pez, the one thing that's consistent is the amount of money that we have been winning. And it's been a very successful thing, Pez. We always talk about it on our grand final show, how well we've done, but now it's a chance <laughs> for the fans to uh, j- jump on as well. Yeah, pre pre uh, do it, jump on, and uh, the Brownlow is on tonight on a Sunday night. A little bit different in in a bye week as well, leading up to the grand final. So uh, here in lockdown in Victoria, not actually uh, hearing a lot about the the grand final at the moment. I guess media outlets are trying to get as much news and you know speaking about things that wouldn't make the news otherwise if it wasn't a two week break. But uh, we've got the Brownlow medal to keep us entertained for this weekend, and then next weekend we've got the big dance. We, we do, Pez, and uh, there has been a lot to talk about uh, in terms of the grand final, um, which, as you said, we'll get into it in our next show and, and properly get into depth about all the things that have come up over the, the two weeks. But one of the things I, I was really interested in is that Melbourne, when it comes to grand final day, they'll have only played one game in 28 days, which is, which is pretty pretty remarkable when you think about uh, you know teams going into grand finals. Uh, normally, you're talking about the team that's in form at the right time. Yeah, and you don't know what it's going to want to do, who it's going to... Uh, been advantage too, but you know the Bulldogs have won it from outside the top four before uh, in 2016, and they you know didn't have a week off, and, and this time they've got a week off after the prelims. So uh, you don't know what's going to come out, and both teams very capable of winning it, and both supporters uh, as at the same time as being confident, are absolutely shooting their pants because they don't want to lose that game. No, they don't, Pez. Uh, and it's interesting hearing a lot of the media outlets talk about how different things suit different clubs. And realistically, I've heard cases for, for both ways and both who can win it and which teams are better and which teams are fatigued and which teams are hitting form at the right time. So it'll be good to uh, get into that next week on our, on our next show, Pez. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, just a little bit of structure for tonight's so We'll have to go in and review our bets from the prelim final weekend because we didn't uh, we weren't able to do that. And then we'll get into a bet slip Brownlow edition after that. Interesting, Pez. It uh, has been a little while since we've talked about it. Uh, hopefully we can remember our wins and our losses from uh, a very interesting prelim uh, final series as we have already spoken about in our previous show. If you missed that, make sure you go through all good podcast providers and go back and uh, have a listen to that one. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, in terms of this source, we've already spoken about the games and the, and the review of those sorts of things. So uh, we started with our first prelim final on the Friday night. Uh, and the prelim final was, was a big one. We, we already spoke about how disappointing it was to be absolute blowouts, but we had Melbourne take on Geelong. So how did you do in that game, Source? Yeah, well, as, uh, as you spoke about in the last one, Pez, uh, I, I, didn't, I was really wary about actually betting on Geelong because I didn't believe that Geelong had a shot to, to win the game. So I just went with a straight um, disposals one. You know, some of the players that have been doing well for, for, um, for Geelong this year, which um, whilst uh, they still struggled on the, on the actual Friday night, they still got across the line with my disposals bet. So I had a four-leg, same-game multi with Neds, power plus uh, up and the max 50 staked. 
on that one, Pez. Uh, and the way it, it sort of uh, went out for me, as I said, as I said, four players: Sam Menegola, Zach Tui, Isaac Smith, and Cameron Guthrie, all to get twenty disposals. Um, I was a little bit shaky on um, Cameron Guthrie to end up getting that last couple of touches to put him over the line, but I had the max fifty on it, as I said, at the power played odds at two dollars thirty one and returned one hundred and fifteen dollars fifty for for the first bit of the of that game, Pez. And, and on to your first bit of that game. Yeah, I, I had Zach Tui as well to get 20-plus. He gave me a bit of a scare because uh, Geelong just didn't seem to be touching the pill at one stage and they weren't really going through Zach Tui uh, out of defence either. I had Cameron Guthrie to get 25-plus, a little bit of a slow start he got there, and Christian Salem to get 20. Had 25 on it, odds are 221, so returned 55-25. So it wasn't horrible for that bet, but we, we do have two bets per game, it looks like here, Source. So my second bet, I've gone the over 130.5, under 180.5, which both got up. And then Geelong Cats plus 27.5 in the alternate handicap. No good at all. I wanted to find value and Melbourne's plus line wasn't any value. And uh, Geelong's wasn't any value because they got absolutely thrashed. Yeah, you should have put on the uh, the minus 25.5 pairs. And it would have been some decent value in that one. Or minus 50 or even minus 70. You would have had some great odds of that one. But... Uh, uh, mine was much the same, Pez. I totally missed the mark on this game. I thought that Hawkins would have been um, an absolute force to, to be reckoned with down down forward. And if he wasn't going to get blown out of the water, I thought Geelong you know, would still be able to be competitive for the, some of those long stints of the game. And, you know, probably... Uh, Hawkins had a shot in for the goal score, most goal scorers for, for that game. So I hit one of the three legs pairs. I had him for most goals, uh, which he didn't succeed in. Anytime goal scorer, which he just scraped through. And then to score two or more, which I'm a little bit annoyed at because he had two opportunities, missed both of those. Uh, so I didn't even get a bonus bet for that one. Quite easy opportunities uh, looking back at it as well, which weren't able to be capitalised on. Um, so we, I've got some Cats legs, Cats Melbourne legs in my uh, multi as well, source, which we'll get to uh, at the end. But I also had a future bet that got finalised in this game, and it was uh, the stage of elimination. Melbourne to be eliminated in the prelim final. Didn't happen because they're playing in the grand final, so $25 goes begging there. But the bet I spoke about just before, I got a bonus, obviously, um, for that one. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I'll speak about my multi because um, I have some legs in my cheeky multi that I put across uh, the both games. But And my future bet, uh, whilst... Clayton Oliver is still alive in my most disposals, sitting at uh, with 60 disposals across the two games. I highly doubt that he's going to even get close to, to McRae, who's sitting on 90-something uh, after his three and still a game to play. But uh, that is still alive and it still hasn't lost yet, but not looking good for that future bet, Pez. Oh, he just needs what? To have 40 more disposals than McRae in the grand final? That's yeah, not and McRae not, not, McRae not to have a touch? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not Maybe 80, 80 disposals for Oliver, 40 for McRae. You could get a win. You could. You could. Exactly right. Hopefully um, hopefully that works out, Pez. But I, I don't like the chances. I'm a realist, Pez. <laughs> so that's probably going to be a little go. bit of a loss for me. Yeah, no dramas. Uh, it hasn't been, hasn't been counted, though, because it is technically still alive. And uh, very, unlo- very, very unlikely. Um, but just alive mathematically. The next game was another blowout. We had Port Adelaide taking on the Western Bulldogs and absolutely destroying them. Now, my first bet for this one, Source, I was I was quite happy. Under 184, Carl Aim on 20+, um, Bulldogs plus 42.5 and over 129.5, $2.32. Nice green tick to return 58 then. But where I went down in my cheeky, I, I had Bont to be anytime goal scorer. Connor Rosie to kick two plus goals. Port Adelaide nearly um, didn't turn up and kick two plus goals themselves. And Robbie Gray, anytime goal scorer. So the cheeky lost Source. But I also put out a live, and this is what hurt me this round. I put a live max 50. I put Port Adelaide head-to-head, Port Adelaide minus 15 and a half, and Port Adelaide halftime leader, uh, just for some insurance with uh, sports bet. And it didn't work out because none of those legs worked out because the Bulldogs absolutely on fire and dominating. Yeah, uh, well, I had uh, two bets in this one, Pez, and both of them were revolved around Port Adelaide coming through. The first one was a $25 bet on them to lead it every quarter. They were lucky to lead at any part in the game. Uh, and the other bet was a three-leg same-game multi, 25 laid on that one. Um, escape with a bonus bet. Um, Charlie Dixon got his two goals. Carl Amon got his uh, 20 disposals. And minus 15.5, the Port Adelaide line obviously didn't get up. I'll use that $25 bonus bet, Pez. It just, um, I just have enough time to use it for the grand final so that's when I'll use that one just uh, about to expire isn't it something like that it, yeah it is and I'll make sure that's laid for for the uh, for the grand final 
That uh, reminds me because my bonus bet, I, I don't know if it's still going or not, but I haven't looked into that. So hopefully that's still there for me in the grand final. The last one was the, uh, uh, the multi for the round. I had uh, some legs everywhere. It didn't work out. Port Adelaide had to win by one to 39, which didn't happen. A lot of the other legs did get up, um, but also had cats plus 39 and a half. So no good there and $10 lost in that one. Yeah, I was uh, really lucky with this one, Pez. Um, I had, as I said, legs across both games. In the Geelong game, I had Patrick Dangerfield to get 20, Tui to get 20, Selwood to get 15, and Menegola to get 20. And in the Melbourne Port Adelaide, sorry, the Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs game, I had Tom Liberatore, Carl Amon, Ollie Wines, um, and I've actually forgotten about Max Gorn with his 15, and Isaac Smith. And as we saw on the last show, Pez, it was a little bit all over the place, but we, it was a messy way to get there, but we got there in the end. So that was my cheeky uh, 25 down on that one, returned $144.81. So whilst a disappointing round for the Cats, Pez, a, uh, a bit of a save uh, from old source there on that la- that last Hail Mary. <laughs> How good is that? The, um, whatever it was paying there, I put five bucks plus, so I would imagine, 579 as we see. Yep. Um, that was a good one. And you were alive after the first game, so you would have been feeling really confident going into the Port Adelaide game with only three legs. Um, you needed Libba and Amon to get 15 plus, which you'd think win or lose, they'd do that. But Ollie Wines to get 30 was a, was a good get um, when they lost by 70-something points as well. So beautiful stuff. Yeah, thanks, Pez. And uh, let's get on to where it puts me for the overall season, going with one game to go, Pez. Definitely going to hit the profit unless uh, our Brownlow show and our grand final absolutely goes up the <laughs> creek. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to um, lose that amount of money if you follow the rules source in the, in the two weeks, but <laughs> yeah, you are sitting very comfortably. Um, in the prelim final, I staked $170. I returned $113.25. So I was about even going into the second game, but got it totally wrong. An ROI of minus 33.38%, which is really disappointing for me because total for the year, I've staked $4,980, returned $5,406.92, my ROI went below 10% again, source 8.57% with not not long left uh, to, to see what's going on here. Yeah, not long to try and save it and get it above that 10%. You're really, really relying on that grand final um, as well as the Brownlow, obviously, tonight to put you in good stead. So for me, Pez, uh, you, you know, business as usual, just hitting the green ticks as we know I do all year round, Pez. <laughs> so the prelim finals was no different. I staked 150 for the round, returned at $260.31, an ROI of 73.54%. Overall for the year, staked $4,420, returned a massive 5288 dollars and 60 cents an roi pairs just under 20 percent 19.65 percent you're nearly at the fire emoji stage source so uh, <laughs> let's see how that goes um but you've got to you got to love a round with an roi of 73 plus percent um when you get both of the games wrong like that's that's how well you're traveling yeah, that is a big thing, Pez, because you know when you know a couple of weeks ago when we missed the games and we misread the, the way the games were going to to work out, our disposal market sort of saved us a little bit, and that's what you do sometimes when you put in those results into your multis. Sometimes if your team doesn't show up and you and you you know you miss obviously the mark, you can still be saved by some of those players getting those you know little disposals here and there and a couple of snags, and uh, again result in some profit. Well, that's it. Now we've got the exciting times ahead. Uh, this is our little uh, red carpet special be- before the Brownlow resource is going to be. I don't know if there's going to be a red carpet or an event or anything like that tonight. Uh, but we'll get into our bet slip and talk about our strategies for Brownlow betting. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to... Whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want? Do you want some as well? And I, I said, Oh, yes! 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 Here we are, the red carpet's rolled out, source. We're ready to go down. Uh, I can see you suited up there over my Zoom. Yeah, you're ready to uh, get, in, get in there. The, the carpet will match the, the drapes, so they say, with your, with your hairstyle as well. So that's good. Yeah, that was a bit of a, a low dig there, Pez. And uh, with a nickname of Source, uh, you know, state the obvious, Pez. Hopefully your betting insight and your brand low tactics are a lot better than your uh, comedy, Pez, because already you're letting people down. Oh, I let people down. I'm sure people have a, a few laughs. But um, it's another opportunity for you, Source, 
to be able to speak about your beloved Geelong as well. So a, a bit of flack you caused, uh, uh, you got last week and, uh, you know, wanting to speak about Geelong all the time. And a lot of fans were happy I finally called you out on it. So um, <laughs> Turn it up, we'll see if, you can keep, <laughs> see if you can keep that to a minimum tonight. Um, oh. But take us through, take us through, Source, uh, your, your experience with Brownlow betting and uh, some tactics that you, you might like to go ahead with. So, so Brownlow betting's a really tough one, Pez, because obviously you're worrying about, um, you know, your outsider's view of a game and then relying on the umpires who are there living the game to see the same sort of things that you see and without the uh, the opportunities of stats. Now, I don't know whether we sort of have this debate every year, Pez, whether the umpires actually use stats or not, but what I like to do is I like to go across um, a range of different websites across, um, you know, um, across the internet, obviously. I like to use the Herald Sun papers. I like to use a whole lot of different voting platforms that the AFL make readily available. So there's the Coaches Awards, as the um, the Herald Sun voting, as they've got the SEN voting, you've got um, some of those big footies, sports bet. All of them have their own uh, Brownlow predictors. And if you're clever, pairs, you can go along throughout the year and when you remember big games from big players – boom, you lock it in and go, right, I remember this game. There's no chance at all that they're not going to be getting the, the you know, the one or the, the three votes. So, and that's sort of my tactic for, for tonight, Pez. I've used a range of different sort of algorithms across um, a range of different data sources. And for most of them, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of an upset. So I'm hoping that there's not a little bit of an upset, but there's a little bit of players that are, have gone under the radar. And as we find with the Brownlow, generally it's the year behind that they catch up. And I think that's the case for, for the tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, very good. And uh, you obviously put a lot of time into it and do your, your algorithms and things. And as you would know, my, my style for Brownlow betting source is is a little bit different. So um, the way I look at it is when when I see a game, I try and think of what the umpires are going to see and what they're going to think. So there's a few things that you know. It's really hard to get um, votes as a key defender. Uh, it, it's really, really um, unlikely to, to win the Brownlow if you're a forward. So it's a midfielder's medal, um, and the players with high disposals usually get the votes. But the big thing in the last, say, five years, what umpires are looking at is those midfielders who not only rack up the 30 disposals on a regular occasion, but also hit the scoreboard. So I've, I've looked very carefully at the um, at the stats. Now, you mentioned the umpires and what, what they do. And we've had this discussion, Source. We are 100% sure that the umpires look at the stats before they put their, you know, three, two, one votes in. Because sometimes you think a player gets 35 disposals, has minimal impact, and you don't have them in your top three, and then they come out and Brownlee Knight and get three votes. Tom Mitchell is a prime example of that. So we know that the umpires use the stats and have a look at that a lot. They're in the middle, they're there, they see those players getting the clearances and, and racking up uh, the ball. And if they've got no idea, they just go, yep, all right, that person will get three votes. So I've used that, but tonight... It's all about hitting the scoreboard for mine. And if you hit the scoreboard big, um, you can get some really good um, votes. And I'll speak about the, the kind of uh, markets that I've gone into very, very heavily when we do get into our bet slip source. Looking forward to it, Pez. So the way it's going to work is we're going to go through our um, our bets and sort of the the same sort of rules that we normally have, our 10 bets or our $200 to spend and uh, where you might be able to, to listen and agree with and, and maybe even implement some of your own strategies to what uh, we have implemented today and maybe you can find some winnings for yourself uh, as a viewer and a loyal podcast fan. Uh, that's it, mate. So uh, the bet slip, we've got $200 to play with Source. Uh not that we always stick to the rules, so <laughs> you can see how you go. You can play with all your profits if you want. Yeah, it's it will be completely up to you. But ten max, because only ten can fit on the little graphic, and the the media manager isn't going to go any deeper than that. <laughs> no, I think that the media manager needs to do what uh, needs to be done, pairs, and get that done asap. Uh, but let's start things off, pairs. I've got a bet in round one. I think uh, this was a, a pretty obvious one, and this is one of those ones that I took notes in my phone, pairs. I went back through my phone, had a look, and I'm like, round one, watching the game, and it was an absolute cracker of a game. It was a Saturday Arvo. It was one of those games uh, I remember sitting on the couch. Your Saints, pairs, were playing, and it was a really, really hard, tough-fought win. And I've gone for the three-vote market. 
So I've gone for two poll three votes in round one in that game. I've gone with the, the favourite earlier in the week, $1.75 in Tim Embry. With, uh, you know, he had an amazing game in terms of 21 disposals. He had seven marks inside 50 um, and across the ground in, in a very wet and weathered football. And he also put on, as you said, hit the scoreboard with three goals. The only worry I'm going to have in that one is maybe Billings because he did have 30 and a goal. But I think that, uh, you know, it was a coming out party for him. The big forward, he's got a lot of tats there. I think that he gets, uh, he gets the three votes in that one. Yeah, I'd agree with you there uh, in round one. And I was very excited uh, for St Kilda to win by eight points after that round. But Membry got up the ground, uh, took the marks, as you said. So I like the way you spoke through that. In round one, he should get the three-vote source, which means you get the green tick and go from there. And I might uh, continue the trend source. And I might start mine in round number four. All right, so round number four. And it's really hard sometimes to, to think back to these games, but you've got to go back. You've got to look at the stats. You've got to see, you know, who's the winner and who's likely to get these votes. So I've gone round four, Fremantle versus Hawthorne, dollar sixty favourite, Nat Fife to poll the three votes. Now, if we look at the uh, odds and things here, now Mitchell, Tom Mitchell, he had 38 disposals and he had a goal, all right? But they did lose by 15 points. And this is a, a game we actually went to the footy in Victoria this day source and we went and watched <laughs> Fremantle versus Hawthorne at the pub later that day and I just remember Nat Fife being an absolute jet he kicked zero six, so you could say he kicked the goal because he got six behinds there but he had 30 um, 30 disposals had three marks he also had five tackles and he's a known polar he's a known Brownlow winner so umpires early season notice Nat Fife uh, I think he gets the three over Tom Mitchell there for the winning side. So I'll take that at $1.60. Pez, I love that bit because not only was happening in that game, I remember watching it with you, obviously, on our phones. Every time he got near the ball in that fourth quarter, the crowd was going nuts too. So, like, the crowd is every time, you know, they're sort of electric every time he gets the ball, which definitely helps his case trying to poll um, some votes and get the umpire's attention. So, love that bet and love the way that you've uh, spoken through it, Pez. And that's what's really pivotal when you're talking about these games. Sometimes you can't just go on the odds favourites. I mean, a lot of the time when people are doing brown lows, they go, I'm just going to go through and hit the favourites on each one. Sometimes you've got to take a little bit of a risk. Sometimes you've got to go safe. And sometimes you've got to use the smarts of, you know, remember what was happening during the game. But as well as that, Pez, make sure that you look at the stats, the stats as well, because that's exactly exactly what the umpires are doing. Yeah, and uh, precursor, oh, I've got six more of these bets coming up that I absolutely love, and I'm hoping to hit 100% with them source because uh, I've, I've gone for hitting the scoreboard, and even though Nat Fife didn't kick a goal, we think he'll get the three votes. We think Memory will get the three votes in that other game, and uh, I've got more coming up. Yeah, I like that one, Pez. Um, have you got any more for round four before I get into round five? No, no, I've got a round five one as well. Oh, me too. So I've got a round five one, actually, Pez, that uh, when I was putting this on, I didn't realise that I'd put it on and I was going through my bets and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about that bet that was sitting there in uh, the Neds account. So I've gone over to Neds with this one uh, for, as I said, round five. I've gone with my cats, Pez, so I'll keep it short and sweet because I know that you don't like uh, us, us <laughs> talking about the cats, but it's a lot easier when you're obviously um, looking at some of these votes because you watch the game with a closer eye and you, you sort of, you know, you notice things a little bit different when you're watching as a spectator um, for, for your club. I've gone with um, Brandon Parfitt to, to get the three votes in this one. This was a massive coming out party for uh, Brandon Parfitt. He had, uh, I think it was 38 touches, Pez, and my uh, app's just gone down there, but uh, going off memory. 34. He 34. He was all over the ground. He didn't hit the scoreboard in terms of uh, an actual goal. He had 0-1, um, but he was all over the ground. The only other person um, who, uh, actually they were sitting favourites in the category at $1.80 or $1.90 or something, is Sam Menegola. But as we saw last year, Pez, wing players just don't seem to get the attention. They don't seem to hit the scoreboard and they don't seem to actually um, make big notes themselves. So while Sam Menegola did get two goals, one, he wasn't a big impact player. Parfit was all over the ground, getting in a lot of that contested pill. And I really like this one as a little bit of an outsider. 10 bucks at 350. I don't mind that one at all. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and a close eye for Geelong. So Parfit there, 34 disposals. Seven tackles as well there. So that should get him uh, noticed a bit. So he'll get the three or the two there. Um, and hopefully the three for your case, Source. I have a round five bet as well, Source. I've headed over uh, to the Western Bulldogs versus the Gold Coast Suns. And this was a big 62-point win by the Bulldogs. And sometimes it's dangerous in a in a big win to, to go with what there was. You had Corbett down one end kick three. You had Bontempelli kick three as well. So if you're like, oh, Bontempelli's kick three? What's going on there? 
He also racked up 33 disposals, which was the third most on the ground. So Dunkley had 38 and two goals. McRae had 35, didn't hit the scoreboard. But the Bont, 33, 19 of those were kicks uh, with six tackles as well. I think he's a lock to get the three votes there at $1.50. So I've put my money there. Yeah, and I think that's a smart one, Pez, because if, when you're looking in the better betting market, he is favourites at $1.50, but the next closest one's Josh Dunkley at $2.50. And whilst he had 38 and two goals, Bontempelli, we know that he's been spoken about, and every time they're up and about, that's all they're talking about is Bontempelli, Bontempelli, Bontempelli. He should get the three votes in that one, Pez, so I love that bet for you, Pez. Yeah, it's kind of with um, prior prior knowledge of the player you know a player has to come out and play really well one year and then they're recognized because they're spoken about in the media josh dunkley was spoken about in the media in the offseason but not because of his footy talents it was because of the the trade rumors and the asset and things like that if if bulldogs have a big win the first player you look at is you go oh bonton pally he had a big impact and if he's kicking three and not going to get the three votes, I'll be very surprised. And for a memory in that game, Pez, he came out early and just dominated. So uh, McRae got a lot of those touches uh, a little bit later on in the game. Um, you know, not that it really matters, but when the game's sort of dead, you're looking for those players that are... Uh, no, sorry, not McRae, sorry, Dunkley got those... Uh, you know, got those possessions a lot later in the game. He ended up with 38, but he seems to do that week in, week out, and uh, sometimes that can be a detriment to those sort of players. Well, that's the thing, and... Uh well, I, I can keep going, so I've got uh, one in round seven. Round seven. Hit me with it, Pez, because I'm not up until like round 18. <laughs> uh, if you're not up until round 18, Sauce, so I might have to go through all of mine, uh, but we'll get sick of hearing my voice. But I will do this one, round seven. It was a Friday night clash. It was Richmond versus the Western Bulldogs. Uh, it was a big one here. Now, in this game, you, you always look at the disposal winners. So Caleb Daniel had 34. He's not a player that's going to poll a lot of three-vote games. He's not going to have the big influence and get that. You had Basha Hooley with 31 and a goal. You had McRae with 30. Uh, and they were the only players to get over 30 disposals. For the goal kickers, you had Tom Lynch. He kicked three goals, five. And you got Shea Bolton kicked three goals, one. Norton also kicked three goals. Richmond won by 22 points. So also the three-vote, more than likely, is going to the Richmond Tigers. You got Lynch and Bolton both kicking three goals. You got Hooley with 31 disposals. So you'd say it's... Out of those three, you've got Jaden Short, who played off the halfback line. I don't think those sort of players get three-vote games. They usually get the one vote, um, possibly the two, if they had a really, really big influence. But in this game, I just remember watching it. Uh, Source Shea Bolton had a big impact in the middle of the ground, and he also had a massive impact forward kicking those three goals. He had 22 disposals, 12 kicks, 10 handballs, seven marks around the ground uh, with two tackles, and those three goals that he kicked, absolutely pivotal. So... I think he gets votes over Lynch and all the Bulldogs. So I've gone with him at $1.50 with 20 bucks on that one as well. And I think Pivotal is understated, Pez. He's one of those players that I've actually got on my bet slip uh, in my own personal one, Pez, but haven't put it on the pod because I know you were going to speak about it. And realistically, the two of the three goals that he kicked uh, were the last... Two of, the, two of the last three goals. So he kicked three goals for the game. He kicked two in that fourth quarter. Two of them were, were the, almost the sealers. And, you know, it was the Western Bulldogs' first loss as well for, for the season. So it was a huge coming out party for Richmond. It was a massive win. Shea Bolton was all around the ground. And uh, normally in these sort of ones that you're looking there and you're like, okay, well, where's Dustin Martin? Where's Dustin Martin? Didn't play. So, you know, you, you, <laughs> you're looking for, well, there's no one else who's going to be their go-to. You might maybe, Lynch might make a, you know, with 3-5, but uh, forward don't generally get a look in, but I love Bolton at that one at $1.50, Pez. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, that comes through, and that takes me through three of my bets already. I'm already having withdrawals because uh, I'm going to go through my 10 very, very quickly, and then uh, <laughs> we have to sit patiently and wait for the Brownlow. Well, actually, Pez, before before we get into that one, when's your, when's your next uh, round that you're into? The next round, mate, round eight. Round eight, okay. Well, let me know when you're at round 10 because I've got a bet in that one. All right, so I've got, I'll have got i go through two more of mine, Sauce, and then the floor <laughs> will be yours. Um, I'm heading to round eight, and I'm, I'm going to Gold Coast versus St. Kilda. Now, uh, this is a player, Jack Steele. He's the fourth favourite in the Brownlow Sauce when St. Kilda didn't have the greatest year. Um, we played against the Gold Coast Suns. You've got um, eight goals, 15, 63, to seven goals, 12, 54. So the Saints get the win by nine points. Who was um, instrumental in getting them that win? It was uh, Jack Steele. He had the fourth most disposals on the ground with 28, but he also hit the scoreboard with two goals, one, and two goals in a nine-point win 
absolutely pivotal to be able to get that win. Eight tackles. We know he's one of the best tacklers in the business uh, and no one else can really compete. You had Miller with 33, Jones with 31, uh, Crouch with 30 and a goal. Jack Steele's a known vote getter from last season. Uh, he, he finished quite high in the Brownlow, so they're going to be looking for him again first up. Ben King down the other end had three goals. Billings had two as well. Um, but nothing like the impact of Jack Steele in the middle of that ground. He's a midfielder. He's the one that they're going to look to first. Him at $1.40. Uh, I love that, and uh, I'm going from there. So you'll notice my bets range from $1.40 up right up to $1.90, uh, just with the players that are actually uh, getting the, getting a lot of the pill, playing uh, some form in the midfield and going forward and hitting that scoreboard source. Yeah, exactly right. It's a good little formula, Pez. And um, you don't always have to, to go for those big odds in, t- in order to have a return. If you hit all of those bets, Pez, you're going to be profitable and that's what you're wanting for. You're looking for guaranteed profit, especially when you're trailing by so much uh, to me, Pez. Yeah, well, <laughs> continue <laughs> to just try and get try and get the profit. But uh, this next bet source, it's, it's one of my highest... Um, odds bets for the for the day and it's in round nine we've got west coast versus adelaide now this is in the sunday time slot late um in uh, victorian time west coast versus adelaide it, it wasn't the greatest game that you'd ever ever watch but someone's got to get the votes it was uh, west coast leading very narrowly in in the first quarter and then they led by around five goals at halftime source and then they let they kept that and won by 30 points in the end as well so you have a look here. You've got um, Laird with 36, Keys with 32, Kelly with 31, Gaff with 30, Witherden with 30. So all those players with 30 plus, that's where you look to first. Then you look at the goals. McAdam for Adelaide had three goals. Kennedy had three goals. Oscar Allen had three goals. Jack Darling, he had five goals too. Now, he is equal favourite in this game with Tim Kelly, who had 31 touches. 18 of those were handballs. Uh, but Darling, he kicked five goals in the second quarter source when the game was on the line to get them that lead. And when I think that the umpires, you know, go into the sheds afterwards, they look back at the game. The second half, I don't think it counts as much as what happened in that second quarter when it was even going into it and then West Coast come out on fire because the, the umpires go into halftime and they go, well, you see that? Jack Darling just kicked five. And that's going to be in their head because the, the score stayed pretty much the same for the rest of the game. And I think... Big forwards don't always get the three votes, but when they kick a big bag, five goals is considered a big bag these days, Source. <laughs> when they do kick that big bag, they get those three votes. So Jack Darling, three votes for mine at $1.87. No, I like that one, Pez. I think uh, I think that's uh, it's a smart bet. And, you know, an equal favourite at $1.87, you're basically going for hoping that they notice the, the goal kickers in terms of that versus the midfielder. Because Tim Kelly, you know, for a memory, Pez, he started off quite sluggish as well early on in, um, in earlier on in the year. So that 31 might have been a more businessman-like uh, 31 than an impressive 31. Gaff generally is not going to be getting those uh, those high votes, and same with Witherden. So I like where your money's going there, Pez. Finally, I get to actually uh, have a chat, Pez. So it's uh, good. Uh, and what I've gone is I've gone for the leader after round 10. And this one here, this is, uh, for me, it's a pretty safe bet, this one. I'm looking at Clayton Oliver to be the leader after round 10. And, and it's not great odds. He is the favourite there. But he's a favourite for a reason, Pez. So I've got him at 15, sorry, $1.85. And I've put 15 on that because he has some pretty some pretty massive sort of games. Uh, so round, round 10 is where he'll, um, you know, where he gets a, a, a deaf at three votes, um, I would say against um, against Adelaide, he was absolutely fantastic. Kicks three goals and um, has thirty eight disposals. You look at round nine, he has two. I think he's probably going to get two there. Round eight, that's three. On its own pairs, that's that's uh, what's that? Uh, eight votes. He comes in strong. Um, I think he should finish two clear of Bontempelli at round ten. So that will give me a nice little uh, midway point pairs and uh, a bit of a spoiler alert. I've got Oliver sort of uh, hanging on from there and taking on uh, his uh, first Brownlow. Yeah, it is strange to say a definite three vote game in a in a losing side, but Oliver he nearly dragged them over the line with three goals and thirty eight disposals. So. Uh, he's definitely at least getting the two, but I've, I've put my money on him getting the three as well in that one source. Yeah, look, you're right. But if, if you remember for that game, it wasn't an, a dominant game by Adelaide. It was a topsy-turvy game and realistically goal for goal. And Adelaide in that one didn't have any dominant sort of uh, players. But uh, I love the, the value for that one, Pez. Uh, and it keeps me interested at round 10, so which is really good um, because obviously, unlike <laughs> you, I'm not betting on every single round. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of every single round, what's the next round? 
we'll go Sydney versus Carlton first. And uh, Sydney, comfortable 22-point win against the Blues. We, we go to the disposals. Sam Walsh was the only one to get over 30. He had 33 disposals. He didn't hit the scoreboard. Um, and then you had Cripps, who kicked, had 27 disposals. He kicked three. So Cripps has had a very good game, but they did lose by 22 points. So where am I looking at Sydney? You had Lloyd, Cunningham, and Mills, the top three disposal getters. All of them didn't hit the scoreboard. So I'm looking at the scoreboard hitter, Isaac Heaney. He kicked three goals, one, but he also had 22 disposals source. Out of the 22 disposals, 20 of those were kicks. So he was instrumental in the way that they played. Instrumental is the um, word of the day, if you haven't noticed that behind <laughs> the band, because that's uh, that's all that's coming out at the moment. He also had 14 marks and three tackles coming out of that half forward line. Uh, some time in the midfield as well, uh, hitting the scoreboard, which you know I like. A dollar forty there. I think that he gets that over everyone else. Cripps is probably going to sneak in with a one, possibly a two vote game as well. But they're not going to give him the three because Sydney had a twenty-two point win. Uh, so confident on that one as well. Yeah, and especially if you look at the betting pairs, like the top three um, odds is Isaac Heaney, $1.40, Patrick Cribbs at $2.75, as you said, a, in a loss. He's probably not going to get the, the three votes in that one. And then at $21 is your next person with Josh Kennedy at, at 21 So pretty sort of a safe little sound bet there, and especially when you marry it up with uh, your instrumental uh, deconstruction of the game. Yeah, well, I've got another one in round 11 as well. So let's see the most instrumental player in this one. <laughs> uh, I'm heading to Collingwood versus Geelong source. So I'm speaking about Geelong, not you. So just keep quiet for a second. Uh, we had Geelong winning by 10 points here. Uh, now, this was the one where Geelong absolutely dominated early on mm-hmm. and Collingwood made the, made the comeback and Geelong were able to hold on. I remember that day as well. I had uh, Geelong in the line bet and I thought it was home and then Collingwood uh, came back in that fourth quarter, which was a uh, very horrible, horrible low-scoring game. And what happens historically in horrible low-scoring games, the, the player with the most goals gets up there in the votes. So we had Maine, Parfit, 30-plus disposals. Over 25-plus, you had uh, a number of players. Jordan Degoe had 26 and two goals. Uh, but then at the only other end, you had Tom Hawkins with three goals. Now, Tom Hawkins, he's usually a 10 to 15 disposal type getter. In this game, he had 21 disposals. He went up the ground. He took seven marks, uh, five hitouts in the ruck. He was very um, good in the ruck there. Three goals and two points uh, um, with his two tackles. I can't go past him at $1.70. So you get, you know, pretty good odds there. $1.70, you've got to really uh, love that. And I'll take that with another $20 on that. And I'm hoping to go uh, seven from seven. Yeah, especially when you, as you mentioned, Pez, generally forwards in a low-scoring game. When he's kicked, uh, you know, three three of the the goals for to combine for their their sixty, you know, which is a third of their score. Um, what makes it good is that he actually is getting up the ground, as you're saying, and he, he was instrumental in that game. And it was a game that Geelong basically dominated for, you know, for three quarts, uh, three quarts of the, the whole game basically, um, because there was only the last ten when they put the cues in the rack that Collingwood sort of came back. No one stealing the votes off him, Pez. That is absolute money for VBs. That one. I Love that bet at a dollar seventy. All right, we'll take it, and I'll give the floor to you, Sauce. You give the floor to me. I'm actually going to go down to. Uh, <laughs> well, I haven't got my notes here, Pez. I thought you had another twenty bets before we actually got to uh, to my one in round nineteen, Pez, and uh, that's what I talk about. I talk about uh, the Friday night clash, and I'm talking about Port Adelaide taking on the Magpies, and in this one, Pez, I've gone a little bit left uh, left side in this one because the best player on the ground clearly was your man, Drew. But no one really knows who Drew. Comes off the wing. He was starting to make a little bit of a name for himself, Pez. He had 32 disposals. You go through, and the next person on the uh, the board was Travis Boak. And I've got him, Pez, at absolute ripper odds. He had 30 disposals. He had 15 kicks, 15 handballs. He was instrumental around the ground. Had a couple of goal assists, and he probably could have snagged a couple of, um, of actual goals as well. Uh, but I got him at the rate of 375, Pez, earlier in the week, and I've whacked 10 on that one. I just think that last year he was one of those players that it's sort of, uh, you know, a lot more people sort of thought he would have got a lot more votes. Again, as we said, that product of the, the next year, they end up getting some votes in this one when the best player in the, gra- uh, the ground is sort of a first-year player who comes off the wing, uh, and 23 of those disposals pairs were hand. Balls. I think Boke gets the chocolates in this one. All right, I'll take your I'll take your thoughts there. We had Charlie Dixon kicking four, Todd Marshall kicking three, but Charlie Dixon only had eleven disposals in that game as well. So uh, with a comfortable twenty-eight point win, 
you know, you're hoping it goes to that midfielder in Boke there, Sauce. Uh, do you have any more other round three pole getters? No, I don't, Pez. The floor is yours for the next 10 rounds. <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any more because I couldn't fit them on my on my slip. I'm going to have plenty more in the personal source, but these were the, the seven that I really liked that hit the scoreboard and did things like that. So we will be putting these out at Behind the Bound, and I jumped on these today, so odds shouldn't have changed too much if you do want to jump on any of them. Um my next, my next uh, category source is uh, the to poll, to poll a vote category. And historically, for us, this has been one of our favourite ones because you see a player have an absolute ripper game and you're like, that's a one-vote game. He's getting a one-vote game. I'm super excited for this. And we've had value at, say, $3.20, $3.80, um, over 4 bucks in recent years because um, people just have short memories and they don't remember the, the games that these sort of players have. Now, Sportsbet's kind of ruined it a little bit this year, Sauce. Uh, so the, the, to poll a vote, they've got a lot of, you know, dollar four, dollar seven, $1.14, kind of like the anytime goal scorer, how they ruined that this season as well. Um, but I, I've found one that I do like. Uh, it's Jack Sinclair from St. Kilda. He's only at $1.45, but I just had to put a bet on this on this market because it's one of my favourite markets. <laughs> if this player gets one vote in the, in the brown low, you win the bet. And if he doesn't get a vote, you don't. So if you go all the way to round 23 and he still doesn't have a vote, you can start celebrating if he gets a vote in round 23 because it's up and about. I remember one year, Source, we won in round 18 when we were like, yep, this player gets a vote. And they called him getting a vote and there's big celebrations and beers. and um, A lot of people around that night, which you can't have these days uh, with COVID-19. But Jack Sinclair, $1.45 to poll a vote. Um, I think he had a really solid season. He played really well um, from halfback. And a few of those games, he, uh, he actually took a, a lot of marks across halfback and was, was really good going forward in terms of setting up scores. So I'm hoping he gets one. And if he only gets one, that'll be a tick. If not, that's okay because I had to put a, a bet on this market. Yeah, you're right, Pez. And I remember the, there was another year that we did it, Pez, and uh, we had a, we were having a spit at one of our mates' houses and uh, we uh, had him we had him getting a vote, I think it was round 18 or 19, and he got one in like round four and we were absolutely stoked. <laughs> yeah. We were up and about. And then we had the opposite the other year where we had to wait all the way to round uh, 18 to get the win. But, Pez, the, the common thread in both of those scenarios was some uh, some chocolates for us, Pez, and uh, some nice little, uh, little green ticks to go alongside. Yeah, the green tick, I'll, I'll take that. So, uh, well, I've got a cheeky left sauce and I've got a uh, a little box trifecta. So, floor's yours for a while. All right, the floor's mine for a while. While we're still talking about um, a range of different players getting votes, I've gone with uh, the Brownlow Group B. So, we're similar to what they're doing with the goal kickers and most disposals, uh, where they pick out a range of different players and they p- put who they think is going to poll the most votes. I think absolute value in this one. You can currently get it at $3.50, but I got it earlier in the week. Uh, Dane Zorko. A Brownlow Group B. Uh, I've put twenty five bucks on this one, pairs for him to win the group. In the group, you've got Callum Mills, Max Gorn, uh, Brayshaw, Dustin Martin, Jordan Ngoi, Jake Stringer, and Isaac Heaney. The only real one that I'm worried about is Isaac Heaney, but I have Dane Zorko across three or four of my things, actually beating him by five pairs. So that is a, a massive thing for me, and I think it's a, an absolute money for VBs. I'd be all over that one if I was a punter. Well, and you are, and, and it sounds like you're already all over it because uh, you've got it there. Interesting market, the, the Group B. So um, you think he's going to come out on top and, and win by five votes, you said? I, I think that's so. If my if my metrics are correct, Pez, I've got him beating Callum Mills by five. He beats Max Gorn by about 10 or 15. So, um, you know, it's realistically a, a two-horse race, Callum Mills and Zorko. And I think uh, when Brisbane were sort of doing quite well, you know, they had a lot of injuries and Zorko's going to get a fair few votes for there. And a big, bustly sort of player like Zorko, I think he's going to make me feel really, really smart at the end of this, Pez, because uh, that's hey. a big call. What, what might do well with that as well is I was surprised that he won uh, Brisbane's Best of Ferris because I thought Lions was going to win that. And he came storming home at the end as well uh, to, to take over and win that award. So uh, the umpires, hopefully, saw the same thing as the, the Brisbane Lions uh, Best and Ferris voters. Fingers crossed, Pez. What I do like about the Brownlow is that you actually got a range of different markets that you haven't seen before. Like there's some absolute gems, gems in there and the bring your own um, bring your own bets. Sometimes those are, you generally stay away from those ones, but there's a lot of good little bets you can find. As you said, they've got the uh, the top three finish. You've got the top five finish, leader after round 10. Most vote gets uh, votes without certain players. Most votes at clubs. You've got most, you know, over, under on clubs, players head to heads. And the one I've gone for this one, Pez, 
is I've gone for a top three finish, and uh, this one is a, is a little bit of a, a left field one, but I've got Jack Steele, your man, Pez. Um, whilst you guys just missed out on finals, in the games that you do win, he's fantastic. In a couple of those close, uh, those close losses, he's probably going to be getting those two or one votes, Pez. I've got him as top three finish, uh, and I've put 25 bucks on that, Pez, at $2.05, and I think that is a, it's a bit of a roughie for it, but I think if it can get up and he can, you know, he's one of those players that polled well last year. We know he polls well. I think he can do well. And I've actually, in my um, my metrics pairs, I've got him finishing second. So um, I think he's a really big shot to finish top three. Yeah, very surprising on, on my end for the amount of games St. Kilda won. But, you know, I, he, he hit the scoreboard a lot this year as a midfielder and kicked had multiple goals in multiple games. So um, hopefully umpires see that. And for your sake, give him some votes there at, at fourth favourite. You want him to get top three and uh, get over Wines, Oliver, or Bontempelli there. Yeah, and the last one I've got, Pez, before we get into our tr- uh, to our cheeky, is I've gone $25 each way, so a stake total of 50 uh, on Clayton Oliver to win the Brownlow, just each way. So if he d- does win it, Pez, I get uh, the, ma- the max payout of $128.12. And if I don't, um, I'm not actually sure because they don't show what the odds are, but if he finishes top three, I get uh, $25 at a place sort of uh, vote there, which if it's a $350, i am probably looking at about $1.50, $1.60 sort of mark. But they don't say it, but don't worry about it, Pez, because I've got him winning his first Brownlow. Um, he had an absolute stellar of a season. And, you know, uh, whilst Bontempelli will be leading going into, um, you know, towards the end, uh, probably the last five rounds, he does have an absolute shocker in that last month. And Oliver and Steele and uh, Ollie Wines will just overstep Bontempelli and uh, he won't even finish in the top three Bontempelli. Well, I hope he does because uh, <laughs> I think he, I think he's going to cement all his votes in early games and uh, – what I really like about the Brownlow, well, I don't love it, but what I've noticed about the Brownlow is the players that are noticeable and known vote getters tend to get the votes in the early part of the season for the teams when they have wins, even if they weren't the best player on the ground. So that's what I'm hoping for here. I've gone to the box trifecta and I'm totally opposite of you in terms of Jack Steele. He was fourth favourite. You got Petrarca's fifth favourite. I don't think Jack Steele can get into that top three. Um, just because of the way St. Kilda played this season. So I've got Oliver, Bontepelli and Wines, any order, to be the top three. So they are the three favourites for the Brownlow. Um, but that's paying $3.50, so I'll put 20 on that as well. Ah, very good, Pez. Well, I've gone a uh, box trifecta, Pez. Similar sort of market, but for me, Pez, I've gone with a... Uh, Cheeky! And as you said, he's, he's you know, he's the, the top four favourite, Pez. Um, and I've gone with the, the box trifecta of Clayton Oliver, Jack Steele and Ollie Wines, Pez. One thing that we do know generally in these things, there is a lot of surprises at the top when these things happen. The amount of times that teams with poor records end up getting in there. I remember a couple of years ago with Cripps and Walsh and, you know, many times with Gary Ablett when they was down the bottom, um, you know, they players sort of come out of nowhere you are correct that those are uh, those big players early on you know the, they get the votes in games that they probably shouldn't but I think the Western Bulldogs is going to be a lot of players taking votes off Bontempelli uh, and in the games that he doesn't register goals I think there's uh, some big standout uh, performances from the other players so I've whacked 25 on that one Pez that'll be a huge return for me at 750 odds yeah well, well there's your cheeky is that is that all you got for the for your bet slip that's, That's done and ready got. to go. Press that cheeky button for mine. Cheeky. Um, no, this is uh, this is very cheeky because you you can't pick this. There's no there's no data that will back you up on this and, and things like that. But I'm thinking um, the umpires are overrating one player and underrating the other. So I've gone these two players to poll exactly the same number of votes. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what votes they get, as long as they are exactly the same. So Zach Merritt who's the one that I'm saying the umpires, you know, overvalue and will will give votes to. And Jack McRae, the other one where they'll undervalue him. He gets 30, 38 disposals plus, maybe not the three votes because he's not the most instrumental player on the ground because you got the bond up forward kicking three goals in the same game and things like that. So I think because of that balance of the umpire source, and that's my only reason, um, Zach Merritt, Jack McRae, $8.50, I'll put a cheeky 10 on that for them to poll the exact same number of votes. I like that, Pez. Um, I, I like it for its creativity, and I can see that obviously <laughs> after all your in-depth uh, analysis, you were looking for just something to, just, to tick the box of cheeky, and yeah, you've gone very lazy with that one, Pez. <laughs> no, I ha- have a bit of fun at the same time <laughs> and uh, get into those Essence supporters about you know merit not being a very good player. 
Yes, it'll be some interesting discussions from this one, Pez. Um, I, I love the Brownlow. As you mentioned, it's one of those things that you and I generally uh, watch together. We have a couple of beers. I'll definitely be having a few beers tonight, Pez. Uh, I'll probably be messaging you flat stick uh, like we normally do or on the phone or on the Zoom. But uh, make sure that you enjoy the Brownlow because it is a fantastic night that you get to reflect on the season that was in Pez and it was a really great season for, uh, for, for everyone involved. Oh, yeah, and uh, whoever wins it, you know, well deserving and uh, the best of luck to them. They'll have their little photo shoot. I wonder if they'll do a Nat Fife shirtless pick uh, uh, the morning after or, or what it will be like. Um, interesting because Clayton Oliver, I haven't heard much of him in terms of interviews. So if he wins the Brownlow, be very interested to watch, you know, his speech and his interview and he'll have a lot of media um, scrutiny heading into that grand final, being in the grand final. Bonds and Pally is the other one. Uh, he speaks very well in front of the media, being the Bulldogs captain and uh, pressure on him because if he wins the Brownlow, he's he's captain of his side. If he won the Brownlow as the captain and Norm Smith medal and grand final winner, that would be a big year, bigger than uh, what Dustin Martin got the year before. And then um, Ollie Wines as well. So Ollie Wines, not not too much in the media. You see him a lot uh, in you know five AA in South Australia, uh, but you usually got Boke and Charlie Dixon fronting the media uh, when you see it in Victoria. So interested to see the, the speeches there. Yeah, it will be very interesting, Pez. We know that there are definitely some moments that always pop up into AFL folklore from uh, Brownlow night, uh, and I'm really looking forward to get into this one, Pez. Only a couple of hours away, we need to get this show out so the punters can hear our advice, Pez, and uh, collect some winnings. All right, so I'll have to be um, on our Twitter at Behind the Bound, refreshing and having a look at all the certain rounds and, and what bets we've got on Pez's bet slip and Source's bet slip. So that's there for you at Behind the Bound. Jump on, follow along with anything that you like or, or make up your own, um, depending on if you liked what you heard or you didn't like what you heard. So I'm Pez. Best of luck in your punting. Peace out. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time. And as always, if you're having a punt, bet responsibly.